From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And we're pleased and honored to welcome in Paul Starkey from the St. Thomas More Society, among other things. Paul, good to good to hear your voice. Great to hear your voice, Bob. How am I coming in okay? You're coming in just perfectly. Um, generally, this time of year, Paul, when we have you on, we talk about Notre Dame football. What do you know? Yeah, I think... I hear, I hear there's a new coach, and uh, they're, they're doing a lot of building of the team. Everyone's excited. They already have the so, number one recruiting class in 2023. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And they're opening the season with a just a pushover in Ohio State. Ha! Well, <laughs> that, that great great things are done on the gridiron, right? Indeed they are. Indeed they are. So probably <laughs> more more prayer is offered on a Saturday in South Bend, Indiana, <laughs> than there is <laughs> on any other day of the year. A lot more in my house, I'll tell you. <laughs> Paul, of course, is a graduate of Notre Dame University in South Bend, Indiana. Many um, years ago. Many years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've had the great joy of uh, covering one game there, uh, and it, it's, a, it's an experience of a lifetime. It's, it's, you, it's quite... you know, I know we're not here to talk about Notre Dame, but it is actually a very, very big year. Uh, the uh, university uh, brought women uh, into um, the fold, uh, in 1972. Wow. And so there's been a lot of celebration about all the uh, wonderful uh, women that uh, were in those founding classes and right. have since matriculated through that university. Uh, women leaders, uh, women uh, leaders throughout the world from Notre Dame. Just amazing. Wow. 50 years. It's 50, 50 years ago. That's amazing. Wow. Well, Paul, um, wh- the first thing we want to talk to you about is the St. Thomas More Society and the St. Thomas More Father Sylvester McDermott Award. Yes. Which is not awarded to Father Sylvester McDermott, which is named for him. Exactly. And uh, every, every year we, we honor uh, Father McDermott's memory, and, and uh, he, he, was, he was integral to the early founding of the society and, and was, was part of, uh, you know, especially in the, in the early days of, of holding us all together, a bunch of raggle taggle attorneys. Uh, the St. Thomas More Society, in fact, is a group of uh, local attorneys here in the, in the Sacramento Diocese. Uh, there are Thomas More Societies throughout the United States, um, and they're sometimes affiliated with the national St. Thomas More. Uh, our group is, is uh, not officially affiliated with the St. Thomas More Society nationally, but uh, we've been uh, involved in, in the Sacramento Diocese uh, since, uh, geez, uh, 1987. Wow. And um, so uh, Father McDermott, uh, uh, we came up with this award for integrity uh, because the award really captures um, the kind of person he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was a thinker. Uh, he was someone who... Um, was always open to discussion and ideas and, and actually, you know, prompted us and encouraged us, you know, to come to those meetings and, you know, whatever practice we, we might have been as, as attorneys, you know, just coming together and, uh, you know, have an opportunity for, for spirituality for, for attorneys. Now, you so know, it's, it's been great. Yeah, he, he, uh, at the, he was one of the people who really helped the Bishop's Hour in the, in the very beginning. He, he would come on the air, or he would uh, sit in the producer's room with our producer, and would would you know give us some attaboys and give us some suggestions. And then afterwards, uh, he and I would we'd go have lunch, or we'd you know go have a cup of coffee, and and he'd talk. and And he had a way of not criticizing, but offering uh, well constructive criticism or make suggestions and and was very good at suggesting guests who would be provocative you know and you're yeah. right though he he and he was a man of just superb integrity and yet he encouraged debate he encouraged discussion because he knew the truth was unchangeable 
you know, that the, the truth would survive. And, uh, you know, and uh, it, he was just a remarkable, remarkable man from Northern Ireland. Really? And, and just uh, just delightful. And, you know, I, I can still hear his voice. And, yeah. Um, it, it was um, his, his, you know, his life of the mind was so important to him. And, and uh, so it was, it, was just an, it was just an honor to have some time to be with him. And the award is named for him. And there have been a number of recipients over the years. But I want to talk about a very special person who you know who was this year's recipient. Uh, and that is Bishop Jaime Soto. Mm, how um, wonderful. He, he is the 11th recipient of this particular award. Again, this award is from the Society itself. And, um, you know, it just, it, I had an opportunity, uh, I was there as a sort of, I don't know if I was the air traffic controller for this meeting or DMZ, but in any event, <laughs> I, I, had, I, took, I took personal privilege to just thank Bishop Soto for uh, what, what I feel is, is just the essential reason why uh, he was chosen for this award this year. He, we have been through unprecedented times uh, with, with all the things going on, with the political turmoil, yep. with, with the uh, pandemic, all of these things, uh, it, it's been described as being in the storm. And, and Bishop Soto has been our pastor. He has been the one who, you know, in all of the swirling of the wind and all, and all the things going on, um, I don't know about you, but I was looking for a voice. I was looking for yep. someone to say, yep. you know, how do, how do we navigate through this? You know, what are we supposed to do? And um, whether it was political issues that we were trying to, you know, definitely navigate, or whether it was issues around the, the pandemic and infections, um, the leadership was just incredible. The, the calm in the center of the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, was... I just, um, you know... I, he just represents what this this award about integrity is all about because integrity is the idea of of you know staying true to those values you know all the time you know and you know let, you know priests have a tough time bishops have a tough time you know it's it's it's, it's you know the Catholic Church has uh, got all kinds of you know pro- human problems you know it doesn't have to be divine problems it has all kinds of human problems. And the, and the priest and the religious are called upon to navigate through this stuff. Um, but this has been unprecedented. So um, anyway, we, we had a wonderful evening. We um, uh, gathered at uh, Crystal Ray High School mm-hmm. uh, over there uh, on uh, Jackson Road. Jackson Road, yeah. Beautiful facility. Uh, we had the opportunity to hear from David Perry, mm-hmm. uh, the president of Crystal, Crystal Ray, and to learn a bit, little bit about his um, you know the programs they have there, and that was that was nice. Um, I, I could never do it justice, but uh, uh, Deacon Sergio Diaz uh, was the one who introduced the bishop, and his remarks were uh, uh, just touching and, and to the point. And, and so that was it. Just it just was a wonderful scene, though. It was just uh, a small gathering, but but a group of people that um, um, you know come together for this event. You know every year and. Um, just, just so glad to be able to, to honor Bishop Soto. And, and we also um, recognize um, um, uh, former Bishop Wigan uh, for his role in um, this, uh, this society and uh, support through the years and stuff like that. But the, the, uh, the main event there was for Bishop Soto. We were just so glad to have the opportunity to do that. Well, you know, Paul, you used that term calm and calm in the storm. And as you were talking, that was actually the, the exact word that came to mind for me. There was calmness, but there was certainty. And that's a rare combination. Sometimes people are calm because they're, they're unaware of the danger around them. Or, you know, that just it happens to be their demeanor. But he wasn't calm and indecisive or calm because uh, these problems didn't concern him. He was calm and very certain about the path, you know. Yes. And that's, a, that's just a rare combination. And I, I noticed it over and over and have had the, the great pleasure of having him on this show regularly for all the time he was here, be, beginning when he was uh, the uh, coadjutor bishop um, to Bishop Wiegand. And... It's, it's been remarkable. 
we we know when the when the bishop is scheduled to be on the air, he's going to be here. He is going to be here. He has never once, not one time in all the years he's been here, called Gabe, our producer, and said, "Oh, we can't make it. I can't make it today. Something came up, or I'm sick, or I'm whatever." It, he's never done that. One time, yeah. he was late, and we finally, you know, called upstairs to you know say, "Hey, did did he forget, or um, is he tied up in a meeting?" And he was at forty days for life, out on the sidewalk praying the rosary with with the volunteers out there, and time just got away from him a little bit. That's the only time, and he still made it. He still made it, but that's where he was. You know. Yeah, you know, and he's, in my experience, he is a roll up the sleeves pastor. I mean, he's a bishop that, you know, he talk about showing up. I, I you know, so many times, you know, our little Saint Vincent de Paul gatherings. Um, you know, we've we've asked him, you know, you know, can you can you show up? And you know, of course, our big event, which is you know the annual dinner, right? Um, uh, you know, he's always there, and uh, just but after the Red mass, yeah, yes, and there as well, and uh, you know, but the the you know getting back to sort of like you know his leadership, um, there are a number of wonderful people in the Catholic community that I'm sure that he relies upon, and he listens to for counsel and everything. Um, but when it when it comes to, you know, where are we going? Where's the diocese going? I mean he is he is he is like you said, certain. Uh, and that is comforting in a storm, isn't it? Yeah. absolutely. You know, and and like you say, um there have been some tough human problems um for the church and and for the church in this diocese. We haven't escaped it. And uh, again, it's been firm, decisive, and the right course uh, when when he makes the call, and and uh, without hesitation, he doesn't say, "Well, let me think about this for six months." Yeah, so important, so important, especially to those on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. You know, and every you know, you can pick up you know any kind of media article, and there's going to be. You know, criticism of the church and sure, everything. Sure. Um, but for, for people that that truly know what's going on and knowing the hard work that the, that the church does, it just it just continues to amaze me. These arguments about, well, you know, the Catholic Church. You know, they're saying they should do we should do this, but you know, what are they doing? You know, what you know, what what right. programs have they got out? And I just smack my head, oh. my forehead with my hand, and I go. Have you not read history of the Catholic Church? I know. Have you not read about how you know the Catholic Church and the, and the saints within the Catholic Church, the living saints, built these hospitals, you know, uh, built these charities, built the schools, you know, um, you know, the Catholic Church throughout history has been, you know, part of that foundation, and it's just interesting to me because it's like if you have. If you say something like that, you've never picked up a history book. Yeah, you know? I, I I can't tell you how many times uh, I've run into this. Uh, sometimes sometimes on the abortion issue, sometimes on other things, uh, where, where people say, "Well, you know, you only care about the baby before it's born, and you don't care about it afterwards." And I'll speak for the church on that one very boldly. Um, this church has always cared for all life from beginning to end. Um, at all times, and you know, you, I've I've said to people, imagine just here in Northern California, if the Catholic Church had never existed, do you know how big the safety net, the Catholic Church? I mean, you look at the the uh, annual Catholic appeal, and there's about 120 different programs that it goes to, you know, the yeah. things things that wouldn't even cross your mind, you know, about. Uh, you know uh, that this was even a need, and it's and it's stuff that the the, the state government, the county government, the local government, the federal government is not providing in any way, shape, or form. If if the Catholic Church disappeared tomorrow, it, uh, how many hospitals would disappear? How many school? How many school children would suddenly be be knocking on the door of the public school? They'd be overwhelmed. Um, yeah. And that and that's just mine. I mean, the, the the Mercy Sisters come up on a boat on a Friday 
1857, come up on a boat from San Francisco, come up the Sacramento River. can imagine just that journey back then. And by Monday morning, they have a school open. And you can go back and look at ads in the Sacramento Bee advertising that the school is going to open. And it says, everyone welcome. Everyone welcome. Back 170 years ago. Everyone welcome. And carry it forward to the present day, because I mentioned yeah. we had a wonderful event at Crystal Ray. Right. And that that um, group here in Sacramento uh, was founded in part, you know, uh, with the Sisters of Mercy along with, with the Jesuits. Right. Um, and, you know, this year in the Catholic Appeal, you know I'm going to get to St. Vincent Paul. I can't help myself. You know that. <laughs> so I'm, here, here we go, Bob. Um, one of our special projects um, is... is being um, supported, you know, through through the Catholic Appeal this year, um, with um, our, our, our basically the, the project where we are um, returning people from incarcerated situations and getting them back into society. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's a relatively new idea. So the Catholic Church, you know, it, it's not just history, it's not just tradition, but it's an ongoing, growing, evolving approach to charity. Right. And, um, but it is interesting, St. Vincent de Paul said there, there is, um, uh, you know, there's no, there's no charity that's foreign to society. Um, and I may have that misquoted. It might be Blessed Frederick. I, I'm, I'm mixing up my blessings and my saints, Bob, sorry. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the concept that, that there's no, you know, no form of charity is, is foreign to us. It's like we, we continue to, um, evolve and grow when when we had this pandemic and you know there were rent protections in place well those are now being pulled away right and who do you think is is in the breach and trying to do our best to help folks? absolutely you know and um and, and I, i'm just gonna i'm gonna tell you a miracle this is a miracle story we, we they happen all the time but um one of our our um vincentians had a situation where uh, a family, um, the children had way much more needs than we could even possibly meet. And, and I'm talking thousands of dollars. And so typically, you know, what you do is, you, you know, you say, oh, oh well, we can't do it. You know, we, we, we don't have any more, but, you know, we'll pray for you. I mean, that's typically mm-hmm. the answer too many times. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, there was an effort and we, we call it twinning, but it's sharing resources. And a lot of work was done behind the scenes in a very, very short period of time. But that money was found, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it, I mean, it's like, it's like loaves and fishes. It really is. I mean, it's just, um, it, it's a miracle because, you know, you need someone, you need, you need one of these living saints to say, yes, we can help. We can do this. And then, then the community comes together, and that's to me that's the miracle, you know. And it all comes through 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 uh, you know our Lord. It just does. Yeah, the, the you know the people say, well, we don't have miracles like that anymore. They're not changing water to wine. They're not uh, feeding multitudes with fish and bread. Uh, we have miracles every day. Absolutely, we certainly do. We certainly do. And you know, the key is is to really open your eyes and your ears to wherever you are to see those miracles, yep. you know, and then to, to, to be part of that miraculous process. Well, so, you know, and, it, and it's interesting, it's not just about, you know, we've talked about the generous, generosity of, of the Catholic community, but it's not just about money. Um, there are things that, that the Catholic community do in giving up, you know, uh, you know, personal time away from families so that they can be involved in these projects, whether it's, a, it's a, you know, feeding on a Saturday or, you know, working with the kids in the schools on an off day or something like that. And just, um, you know, all the, you know, the wonderful sports programs we have. So anyway, it's just uh, a lot to be thankful for, even in times of, of storm, and very thankful for, for Bishop Soto for his leadership. Yeah, it's, it's a wonder, wonderful award, and... Uh, I'm I'm 
you know, you won't hear it from him. He's not he's not going to wear it on his sleeve. You know, he's a very humble man as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, that is absolutely true, and and humble in the the best sense of the word. Just as I said, like he will roll up his sleeve. Uh, he shows up, and you know, he he doesn't. You know, I, I don't know. He doesn't pull the the bishop card. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. Um, you know, he, he, you know, proudly, you know, you know, wears his cross and everything like that. But, um, uh, you know, he, it, it's, you, you know, you don't feel like you have to kiss the ring, you know, so uh, he just makes you that comfortable. Yeah, very, very, very much so, you know, and, and uh, uh, recently uh, I was happy to be the MC for the annual vocations dinner. Uh, this year they moved around which is very smart and uh, they had it at uh, uh, Good Shepherd in Elk Grove and, and, and Bishop Soto of course is always there and as part of it there's a time when they honor all the altar servers and I read their names and Bishop stands out in front with a certificate and then the kid comes up and and shakes hands with the bishop and they snap the picture and I, these kids, and I say this with all respect, it was like they were tiptoeing to heaven. That they were so joyful to get a chance to meet the bishop and shake his hand and get their picture sure. taken with the bishop, you know. And their parents, of course, were busting their buttons with pride. And it was just, a, it was a beautiful moment, you know. And maybe, uh, probably 25, 30. Uh, altar servers, boys and girls honored uh, that evening. Um, in addition, to a lot of other stuff, and uh, but it was just that was a real highlight for me. I, I got to tell you, the speaking of you know getting your picture with the bishop. So at this at this event we had at Crystal Gray School, oddly enough, we had two um, young women from St. Francis mm-hmm. who um, we uh, they were there. Actually, there was a family connection. One of one of the girls, uh, her grandfather is Cloche Villaray, who. Uh, is our, our uh, uh, St. Thomas More Society president. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have this event, and then the award's presented, and then someone says, hey, you know, should we should we take a, you know, a, a group picture with the bishop and stuff? And he's kind enough, you know, to, to you know, engage in all this. So anyway, we're t- we take this picture and stuff, and then um, these, these two young girls from St. Francis, they're kind of elbowing the rest of us out of the way, and they're saying, <laughs> hey, we want our picture with the bishop, <laughs> you know? And it, it was... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Plaché came up, and, and his granddaughter said, "No, no, not you, me." <laughs> <laughs> and they, they're, you know, the, the put another plug for Catholic schools. You know, the women of St. Francis; those are amazing young women. Yeah. Um, and yep. every time I, I come in contact with them, I'm, I'm always impressed. And St. Francis, of course, has a new president as well. Uh, yeah. Dr. Fadia Desmond uh, is the new president. We had the great opportunity to interview her uh, several weeks ago and uh, obviously made the right choice and um yeah what what and what a it's just it's they're always they're always just so uh, you hear about great things happening and and it's it's happening at saint francis it's happening at jesuits happening at christian brothers happening at cristo ray the concept of cristo ray my my wife uh uh was I, I don't know if it was ground floor, but she was she was uh, helping out there, helping you know the the, the kids work for their tuition uh, and they work at jobs in the community, and she, her her job was to help find those jobs you know where where someone was willing to employ these kids one day a week, and and so I learned all about Cristo Ray, and I remember going to their very first graduation, they they had it at. Uh, uh, St. Ignatius on, on Arden Way there. And, and uh, the, the, the founder of, uh, came out from Chicago, and he was there, and uh, it was when Bishop Wiegand was, was uh, bishop. And it was, it was the first time I've had a graduation and cried when it wasn't my kid, one of my kids that was graduating, because it, yeah. was, it was just so beautiful to see the valedictorian and to see their parents. In many cases, these were the first kids in the family to graduate from high school, and they're all going on to college. I mean, ninety-eight point nine percent of them are going on to college, and and now, of course, some of them are graduated from college or in grad school or out in the community, 
and giving back already. You know, it's just it's just a remarkable that that, that whole concept. And, and I remember, I think it was was it Father Foley? Is that the name? I, I I think that was the founder. And he was. I remember talking to him, uh, interviewing him before he came out, and he said, "You know, we had no idea if this was going to work or it wasn't. We just knew in Chicago." We had to do something to help kids that were, and it wasn't like they had to be high achievers to get in, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he said we, we knew we had to do something to help these kids, that so we didn't lose them. And he sat down with a bunch of businessmen in Chicago, and they hatched this program. And now it's it's spread all over the country. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing story, and. For any of your listeners who are not familiar with Cristo Ray, uh, you can go to um, www.crhss, uh, so Cristo Ray High School, S, uh, crhss.org, and you can you can find out about the story and opportunities to support them. Uh, when I was over there, I had a chance to, to see their, their sponsor board. Mm-hmm. And uh, was impressed to see that you know they their, their sponsors included you know regular employers in the private sector like you right. might imagine, right. uh, but but Mercy is is a big support and there, sure. there are other nonprofits that also um, get, get the benefit of, of having those young men and women there. Um, so it it is a great program and, and it's something that again um, it's something that like the Catholic Church does it, it sees a problem. Literally prays about it, and then it comes up with with solutions that other people wouldn't have thought about because they will say it can't be done. Yeah, you know, and, and then that's just not that's not a favorite. Yeah, and it, what you know, you talk about the beautiful new facility. The first facility was not beautiful, and it was very makeshift, and they made it work. I remember one night going over to pick up my my wife, Shelley, and. It, 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 was, it was getting dark. It was like November or December. And I pull up in the parking lot, and there was a field there, and there were a bunch of cars of the parents there to pick their kids up, and they were shining their lights onto this green grass so the soccer team could practice. Oh, my they, God. They were shining their car lights onto the grass, and I'm going, that's just that's like something out of, the, out of Hoosiers or something. You know, it was just something... <laughs> hard to believe what was going on out there and of course they ended up having a great soccer team and but it was just it was just amazing to see the dedication the make do you know figure it out we'll figure out how you guys can practice after dark you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll figure it out yeah it's it's a, it's a, a just a great attitude about you know um we, we can do it yeah we'll, we'll find a way i uh, think yeah. it just gets better and better I have to um, let you know that uh, for any of those lawyers out there that are in a in need of a spiritual oasis, um, you can contact the St. Thomas More Society Sacramento uh, through the Sacramento County Bar. We're an official affiliate. Oh, good. Sacramento County Bar. So all that information is there. Uh, lawyers are highly trained in Google research, uh, so I'm sure they'll be able to find that. Uh, more difficult, though, is to find St. Vincent de Paul. Um, so, again, I would just say Google St. Vincent de Paul, Sacramento, and take your chances. You'll probably either get the thrift store or the organization itself. Either way is not too bad. We, uh, after all these years, are finally trying to find a better website uh, domain that doesn't involve hyphens and everything <laughs> like that. But you can, you can find us with St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, hyphens Sacramento. and dashes and people don't know the difference. And, yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember in uh, the early years of the Bishop's Hour, we're now in our 23rd year, uh, Father McDermott invited me to come to a, like a, a luncheon meeting of the St. Uh, Thomas More Society and to speak to them, if you will. And it's it's not the only time, but it was one of those times when I knew that everybody in the room was smarter than I was. <laughs> was I don't know about that. It was intimidating, <laughs> but they were very kind. Well, one of the interesting things about the group, though, is, is that we we are from different uh, types of practice. Right, right. So you'll, you'll have people that are members of uh, private practice and 
they may be on the civil side and the criminal side. They can be doing family law, um, just a, a wealth of folks. And, and one of our standing rules is, is, is don't talk shop. In other uh-huh, words, yeah. you can talk about anything you want, but you know we're not going to be talking about you know. Yeah, and named after St. Thomas More, a man for all seasons. Um, yeah. What a what a story that is. It's it's amazing, and that again goes to the idea of, of integrity. Yep. Um, you know, to have your values aligned and everything. Yeah, indeed. So it was a wonderful night. I, we just I was so appreciative, um, you know, to be able to to recognize the bishop, and he's just been a great supporter of the St. Thomas More Society, as well as the St. Vincent de Paul. So, all, you know, all of the, the different things going on to make the world a better place in the Sacramento Diocese. So Indeed. Indeed. We really appreciate that. Well, Paul, I appreciate you. Do, do we, uh, before you, do we have a date yet for the uh, Red Mass? We do, and uh, that is November 2nd. And November 2nd? November 2nd. Usually um, in October. Usually in October, it's usually aligned with the, the opening of the United States Supreme Court. The right. first, you know, the first week in October. Right. Um, there were all kinds of scheduling problems this year, hmm. um, and so where where we are right now, and again, you know, we're looking at you know having a good event, a safe event, and stuff. Um, but um, we will be there at the cathedral along with um, uh, you know uh, all, you know all souls. Um, and um, it, it's a little bit. Uh, oh, that's right. That's not, All Souls Day, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a little bit ironic that we've we've lost uh, quite a few of the um, the legal profession over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe it, it's it's um, particularly fitting that that it ended up by a scheduling conflict maybe on that day. Um, but there is uh, all kinds of information about the Red Mass, what it is. Um, the history behind it and, and ways to support that, and that's all on the, the diocese website. Very good. And of course, that's I believe that's a Wednesday, November second. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So very well, very very interesting. And it's always that's always a, a, a just a great great. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word event for a mass, but it's a it's a great celebration and it's a great uh, recognition, I guess, and. Uh, um, it's it's also frequently a who's who of Sacramento at the Red Mass. It, it can be. It can be. Um, the most important thing for me, though, is is to encourage as many lawyers and judges, mm-hmm. um, you know, people in government, you know, to attend this very very special mass. Uh, it, it is it is you know the history and tradition of this is that. There's a special invocation of the Holy Spirit and, and for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including mm-hmm. wisdom. Um, so what lawyer or judge shouldn't be at that Mass? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful event. Well, I know, and, I know and I've the, seen many... The choir is fantastic, of course. Yep. I've seen many lawyers and judges there uh, over the years that aren't Catholic, but they, they've told me I'd never miss the Red Mass. Yeah, it's open, it's open to all, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, always always a joy to talk with you. Um, Same, Bob. I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. And uh, 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 Can we pray for the Irish? Just... Well, let, let me just, let's, let's end it like this. Okay, I always say go Irish. Uh-huh. And until the first ball is hiked, we're the national champions. That's right. That's true. That's so true. Keep a positive attitude and go Irish. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Paul. God bless. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. That's Paul Starkey uh, from the St. Thomas More Society, also very, very involved in the uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society here in the Diocese of Sacramento as well. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, 
one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need you can uh, give them a call they will come pick it up as well but you can uh, give them a call they're at 916-972-1212 and remember again the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Julie Sly, editor of Atlet Herald Magazine, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. That's me. Thanks, Julie, for the wonderful introduction, and thanks for all those great issues of the Catholic Herald magazine that uh, you're responsible for as editor. Well, we're uh, pleased and honored to welcome in Yasmin Castellanos, who is the Dual Language Immersion Coordinator here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Yasmin, always good to hear your voice. Thank you. It's always great to be here. <laughs> yes, um, what we're we're just right around the corner now from, uh, wait a minute, summer's just getting started. Why are we having something on about the schools? <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Summer just flew by it this did. year. It did. Yeah. Yeah, but we're excited. Most of our schools will be starting on Monday the 15th, a few on Tuesday the 16th or Wednesday. So that is our mm -hmm. first week of school, and everyone's getting ready and excited for the first school, for the you know first week of school. And the August 15th, of course, is the Feast of the Assumption. Yes. yes. Yes, and many of our schools that do start that day do have Mass as well. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So dual language immersion. Uh, I guess it's self-explanatory, but go ahead and explain <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, so it's always exciting that we've had this conversation, you know, for a few years that I've, I've had the privilege of being on the radio so there's one school that we have currently is still St. Philemon School, which is doing wonderful. And their first little cohort, the first generation of students, is now going to start fourth grade. So wow. we are very excited for them. And it's just amazing to see how much their language has blossomed. And it's just exciting. And we're looking forward to a, you know, a big year where these children... Just right about between fourth and fifth grade is just an amazing year because they have a very strong acquisition of both of those languages, and they just use their second language so much more often. Mm -hmm. And um, we're thrilled because even last year I started to see students that were already capable of making jokes in the second language, which is oh, showing that's a a deep comprehension. <laughs> yes. That's a real sign. Because jokes have, you know, all kinds of subtleties and, you know, double meanings. And, yeah, yes. That's pretty good. Yeah, so we're thrilled. Wow. That's that's real progress. Mm-hmm. So, so this year, you know, our teachers, like across you know, the diocese of our schools this week, our teachers have come back and they're brushing up on professional development to implement, you know, strategies or improve strategies mm -hmm. in the classroom. So our teachers are really focusing this year since we're, you know, doing a little bit better with, you know, the COVID protocols and our students can be closer. Um, they're going back to what is one of the key components of the dual language emergent education, which is a lot of collaborative learning, which right. is the children being able to interact more and have conversations and think about issues together because they help each other build 
and retain their language. So that's one of the key things that we're really excited and looking forward to this year, that children will be doing a lot more collaborative learning. Boy, that's great. And they're, they started uh, in, in kindergarten or even pre-K? Yes, they started in TK, which is the transitional uh-huh. kindergarten program. So this would be their sixth year then. Four, five, they're starting their sixth year. Wow. That's just... So they were four years old when they started? Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And everybody says that that's the... That's when you, whatever your your brain is a sponge, <laughs> it just it soaks it up so much easier than if you try to do it as an adult. Not that it's impossible to do as an adult, but it's just not as. I guess we're more set in our ways or something. <laughs> no, the brain is definitely more pliable. Yeah, and, you know, they're making a lot of you know in the scientific. Mm-hmm. You know, conversation, neurons, and connections, yep. and you know, in general, lay terms, they they're just sponges, and they can do it, and it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's a, the easiest or the best age to start them out. It is very young. Uh, it's it's such a re, such a remarkable program. I wish I wish it had been available when I was uh, in elementary school. You know, because. Uh, learning a, learning another language, uh, is, is Spanish, especially here in California, is it just it's first off, it's it's just nice to to have it so you can converse with with people who maybe only only have the one language, um, and converse comfortably with them. Uh, sometimes you can help people. Sometimes they can help you. Um, you know, it's it's. It's such a one, and then when you talk about as you get older and employment and things like that in a state like California, uh, you got you got a leg up if you can if you have uh, you know dual language ability. Yes, that's correct. Um, you know, it is such a unique program, and we are blessed to be able to offer it here at the diocese, you know, of Sacramento. Because as as you mentioned, you know, the second language that is most popular in California is in Spanish. So these children do have this opportunity to, you know, build relationships or communicate with mm-hmm. so many more people. And in our classrooms, our children also learn how to pray in Spanish. So even the ability of going to worship in both languages is sure. you know, a blessing to them. Sure. And it, it creates, you know, community, combined, and we're, you know, one holy Catholic church, you know, we're one. And you know, with our children speaking both languages, it's a beautiful gift that they have. And exactly like what you mentioned, we are opening up more opportunities for them in the future for their career. The fact that they are bilingual, there are more opportunities for them, which is definitely a benefit. You know, besides the other ones of what it helps them as a cognitive development, it develops their brain, and they're able to oh, learn yeah. more. Absolutely. Yeah, and another benefit that we're, you know, is one of our goals with these dual language immersion programs is when our children are ready to go on into high school, what we're, our goal for them is to be able to at least go into Spanish too, if not, you know, AP Spanish, the advanced mm-hmm. placement, which gives our students the benefit that if they get into that AP, very quickly they can get a college level, right. you know, credits. Right. Or, or they have the opportunity that, once you master two languages, it's much easier to acquire a third one. So if they don't want to continue with Spanish, they can pick up a third language, and it's you know that much easier. So these are all benefits for them. I'm, I'm getting dizzy just thinking about trying to speak a third language. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you hear about, I think it was John Paul II, you know, always spoke seven languages or something, and you're going, how is that possible? That is amazing. I agree. But, you know, on the topic of, you know, preparing our children, you know, for high school, we are, you know, at St. Philomene School currently working um, with some of our high schools to do some partnerships with our students, um, bringing them on campus, you know, like for an after-school Spanish club to keep, Mm -hmm. you know, developing their language, and as well, you know, some initial conversations as, you know, when our high schools receive our students what level of language they're going to have. So mm-hmm. you know, we're working on that, um, starting to build that bridge for when they get into high school. How many how many schools offer this program now, uh, Catholic schools? Uh, we still have one. Mm-hmm. We have conducted feasibility studies um, and just 
depending on you know our new super and our wonderful superintendent who's been here for a year, Katie Parada. Right. Um, she does have a vision to expand this program. Uh, currently, as I said, we have one possibility in the next year or two, but we are also just um, really learning from our first school, Saint Philomene. Right. All of the you know the way this has worked that way. We can also, you know, take them as our model school and implement successful programs in future schools. Sure. So you're you'll attract kids from all over the Sacramento region who want this program at at St. Philomene's. We do. We have what well, we consider a magnet school. There are parents right. that, even as they're moving into the Sacramento area, we've had families from the Bay Area that have moved into Sacramento in our looking specifically for dual language immersion schools Mm -hmm. and they have found us and they've you know been attracted and this is what they want for their children and they even try to relocate not too far from the area Mm -hmm. so that they can bring their children so families that are relocating because it's a concept that's expanding and people are more aware of it so they are looking for us as well as parents that are just so confident in this program and believe it and that they do make drives from different areas of Sacramento just to bring their children to the school. Well, that's great. That's great. So this will continue uh, through eighth grade? Yes, correct. And then off they go to wherever they're going to go, and they will really be armed. Yes, when they go to high school, God willing, one of our Catholic high schools, they should be prepared to, you know, God willing, at least Spanish too, if not, in, you know, test into an AP Spanish course or ready to pick up that third language. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, boy, it'll help them throughout their lives. It'll help them uh, when and if they go to college. Uh, it'll, it'll just help them in a million situations um, uh, that, we, we can't even anticipate what those situations are. But I know, I know I've been in situations where maybe maybe I was trying to help somebody or they were trying to help me, you know. I remember somebody was visiting the area and, and was, you know, like just, you know, a chance meeting and they were looking. They had just come to the area. They were, they were alone and they were hitchhiked and they knew they had a relative in the area. And... They spoke Spanish, and I didn't, you know. I, I mm-hmm. had a little bit in high school. Well, I had a lot in high school, but all it was just kind of all vocabulary. You know, I was never in an immersion program, you know. And, mm-hmm. and wow, uh, had just enough that I could finally find a friend of mine who did speak Spanish, you know, who could help them. Uh, and, but, and I thought to myself at the time, you know, wow. What an not an opportunity lost, but what an opportunity if if I if I was fluent or that that I could have helped them in a much better way. And you know, and unfortunately, you know, it's just the circumstances you had. But us being blessed that we can offer this to our children, I think you touched on a topic which is so you know beautiful to me is that our children are able to do that and, you know, be good Samaritans Mm -hmm. and help others. And we are building up their self-esteem and their self-confidence that they they have this ability, this skill that, you know, the basis of our Catholic school is to, you know, have our children, you know, be saints or build the kingdom of God, but they can, you know, relate to so many more people and, you know, with this skill and this ability. And it's, just a win-win for all of our children and we're very proud and excited and blessed that you know our first generation is already in fourth grade and we have all the other grades underneath that following in those footsteps yeah indeed well yasmin uh greatly appreciate you taking the time to be with us thank you thanks for thanks for all you anything i didn't ask you that you wanted to add just delighted to continue with our program we do still have a few seats available Mm -hmm. in that program because i believe um, some of the classes are already full but we do still have some availability if they're interested in calling st philomene school but as always it's always a pleasure and a delight to be able to share the wonderful things of our dual language immersion program at st philomene catholic school that's awesome jasmine we'll look forward to our paths crossing again really soon and 
lots of prayers for a, another great, successful year. Thank you so much, Bob. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks so much. God bless. Right, That's uh, Yasmin Castellanos, who is the uh, Dual Language Immersion Coordinator here for the Diocese of Sacramento in the program there at uh, St. Philomene's. Well, on fire, the NorCal Jam 2022, the annual gathering for youth and young adults, and anybody who else, else who would like to show up, you could you know, fit yourself into one of those categories. It takes place Saturday, September 17, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo. This has become a huge and popular event. Uh, people from uh, uh, all the NorCal dioceses, and also uh, the Diocese of Reno they get together. A lot of the bishops go. Bishop Soto never misses it. And uh, uh, featuring Epic the Band, Marie Pablo, Joe Melendres, Steve Angrisano, Father Joe Kim, a lot of big names. It's fun. It's inspirational. It's a great day. Great food. You have a lot of t- time to be in the park, too, and enjoy the rides and enjoy the animals that are there. But also, it's very, very faith-filled. Uh, you don't have to be Catholic to attend, but it is a great, great event, co-sponsored by the dioceses of, of Sacramento, Fresno, Monterey, Oakland, Reno, Santa Rosa, San Jose, Stockton, and the Archdiocese of San Francisco. To learn more about it, or if you'd like to sign up, uh, go to uh, NorCal. Excuse me. Go to on fire NorCal N O R C A L on fire NorCal dot com. And we had the, we had the great pleasure of uh, uh, interviewing Joe Melendres uh, the other day. And uh, boy, what a what a star he is in uh, you know helping youth uh, find and uh, keep their faith. Again, on fire NorCal dot com september 17 in vallejo also um the uh, bishop bishop gallegos maternity home is having its annual fundraising dinner uh it will take place on sunday evening september the 11th uh at uh, armand's palace event hall which is in Elk Grove, 2301 Longport Court in Elk Grove. Uh, last year was the first year they had had it there, and it's a, it's a beautiful facility. It's a wonderful event. You get to meet uh, a lot of the women that uh, the Bishop Gaius Maternity Home has helped and is designed to help. Uh, it's, uh, it's mission. They continue to fulfill their mission. This is the 15th annual Bishop Gallegos Maternity Home Dinner. I haven't missed one, and I don't intend to miss this one. Uh, it's a, a, a great, uh, f- it's fun, and it's faith-filled, it's inspirational, it's, um, you, will, you will be changed for the good by going to this. The keynote speaker will be Father Dan Maggot, Madigan, who, of course, was the founder of the Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services. Sunday, September 11, uh, the 5 p.m. social hour, 6 p.m. dinner, 7 p.m. program. Uh, the food is always good, and it is it is a fundraiser. If you want to, uh, uh, it's $85 a person, but a large portion of that, of course, will go to uh, the Bishop Gagos Maternity Home. If you'd like to uh, buy a table, you can be an honorary parent. With a $5,000 donation, you'll receive a table of 10 for you and your guest. Preferred seating, um, two bottles of wine, and 50 raffle tickets. There's some great raffle prizes, by the way. You could be an honorary brother or sister with a $3,000 donation, an honorary uncle or aunt with a $2,000 donation, or an honorary niece or nephew with a $1,000 uh, donation. Um, it's a just a, it's a wonderful evening, a wonderful event. Again, Sunday, September eleven. Uh, t- t- tickets are are limited, but uh, you know they. I'm sure they have tickets available now. For any questions, they they'd really like to get your reservation in by August thirty one, so they can tell the caterer uh, you know how much food to prepare. You'll always be well fed here. Uh, it is uh, if you, for questions or uh, to sign up. Call 916-395-9370. That's 916-395-9370. 
and uh, hearing Father Madigan will be a treat, and uh, hearing the stories of some of some of the women and their children that have been helped by the Bishop Gales Maternity Home is a, is a is a just a it's a wonderful wonderful inspirational evening. And uh, uh, Paulette Wiley is the executive director there and has uh, put this put this all together with you know with the help of uh, a lot of her volunteers and the. The great board of directors, uh, uh, led by uh, interim vice pre- uh, interim president, Sister Maria Campos. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley and Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley and Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. Uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento, who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Sure by now God you would have reached down And wiped our tears away Stepped in and saved the day But once again I say amen And it's still raining As the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the
stone.